You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. So welcome back, everyone. I'm Melissa Zalouf, and you're listening to Level Up live from GameFest. We are currently, this is so weird to hold it next to my chin, we are currently in uh, the middle of a crater in the desert in a tent. Um, and you can probably hear some music going on in the background because um, we're in the middle of one of the, or the second night of parties at GameFest 2019. Um, with me, I have four awesome executives, professionals from the game industry who will introduce themselves in just a minute. And we're here to talk about the merging of monetization and marketing. So Chandra, can you introduce yourself first, please? Sure, Chandra Macias Hill. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer for MobilityWare. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm Brian Sapp. I oversee user acquisition and ad monetization for Jam City. I'm Jason Falkus. I'm Chief Operating Officer at Quali, a hypercasual studio in the UK. Hello, everyone. I'm Fabien from uh, Ketchup, and I am the Chief Operating Officer. Wonderful. So my first question to you guys is this. Uh, are you noticing a trend that monetization and marketing are merging? We like to think that it's happening. Is it really? Chandra, you go first. I'll be honest, I hadn't noticed until you guys asked a question and then introduced me to so many people who had the same uh, setup that we do. Um, I do recall that certain other publishers seem to have more connection than we did. And we made the decision late last year that it would be good for us. And so we combined uh, as of the beginning of this year. Um, yeah, so when I joined Jam City, I was overseeing the UA team, which was a pretty large team. Um, and ad monetization was under a different team altogether. Um, and it cut to a year in, ad monetization ended up rolling underneath me. And I think uh, for me, it made a lot of sense because in the past I had overseen both aspects of the business for other companies. I'd also worked at a mobile ad network. So Handy. I understood both <laughs> sides very well. Um, and uh, you know, I think it, we've seen a lot of wins from it, which we'll get into in a bit, but um, to me it makes a lot of sense. And I think at smaller companies, I, I think it's more rare at bigger companies, you don't see it. Mm -hmm. At smaller companies, it's usually like, you kind of have like a UA cowboy who does <laughs> monetization and UA because it's a small company, right? So it's right? a function of size of company, yeah. less about benefit. But I think at the bigger companies, you're now starting to see it roll into one person or, or one you know unified head. Um, so I think at small companies, it's been the norm. Big companies, it hasn't, but that's starting to change. It seems like when people started talking about having a leader of growth mm -hmm. is really when people started to make that connection, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think one maybe one area that's being left out of it is CRM, because then you own the whole customer lifecycle management, right? And that's sort of what I think this, like people who understand the whole user funnel, understand creative, understanding right. assets, right. should be kind of owning that. Totally agree. Um, it's just prying it out of product's hands. <laughs> <laughs> I agree too with you. And um, at Ketchup, we uh, merge uh, UA and monetization. And uh, one guy is, uh, is UA specialist on monetization. Uh, and they have several games um, uh, responsibilities. Um, what is uh, interesting, I think, uh, when you are talking about trends, I think these trends come from also to the networks itself, uh, especially for the all the ad-based uh, company where you talk to 
guys for the monetization and we talk to guys to for the UA but in fact that's the same company in front of you and sometimes at a point uh, I would say uh, we saw that the networks begin to merge the, the two functionalities and um, at our own source we have only one account manager and uh, other networks also and I think the the trends begin with them and it's more easy to talk with one people to one people than one people to several. And um, so I'm at GetShap and I'm working with uh, Ubisoft. And Ubisoft is more AIP uh, developers, publisher. And uh, they have clearly a separation between monetization and UA because they need more skills in the US side uh, to find the right people for the mid-core and the core games. So I think it makes more sense when you need to be a very specialist on the US side, when on at the hyper-casual side, you, you, you need to know tricks, of course, but it's okay because the companies are easy to manipulate and to, to follow. So I think it makes more sense in the hypercasual worlds where you are at base and you don't need a very specific specialist on the networks uh, to know all the tricks. Mm -hmm. uh, so at Quali, we used to have separate teams uh, for monetization in UA. And then about a year ago, we saw the way the industry was trending towards a unified approach, especially within hypercasual and without monetized games. And it made, made loads of sense. Uh, our account managers at the major ad networks were also starting to have unified account managers. So it was far more efficient to have one person on our side dealing with both parts of the equation. Um, I think ad monetization and UA are two sides of the same coin, especially in ad monetized games. So I think it's really important that the team understands both. So over the last year, we've been transitioning towards that and it's uh, definitely far more efficient. Um, and we, yeah, we really think it's the way forward for us. Cool. Um, you guys have, some of you have mentioned genres. Do you think that there are specific game genres where it's critical and others where it's optional? I think with hypercasual, I think it's critical because um, you know the ad monetization fluctuates a lot. You need to have a real-time understanding of the LTV of the game, and if a large majority of the LTV is from ads, then you need to react quickly to that. Um, there's slightly different skills get set involved in terms of optimizing a waterfall to optimizing a UA campaign, but once the team understand that, I think um, I think it's, it's critical that hyper-casual studios do that. I wouldn't say it's critical, even on hyper casual, I would say it's it's a plus, but also depending on the team size, because uh, if you are very big, perhaps it would be a, a, an issue. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> how many drinks have you had? <laughs> that's uh, that's the right number, right? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. That's exactly the right number. number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can keep thinking. I'm going to ask another question, and we'll see where we go. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is maybe sort of more for the larger company or non-hyper casual. Do you find, um, since both of you have sort of moved, both of you guys, Chandra and Brian, have moved to take over something that previously was split? Um, do you think, have you found that there are sticking points between two teams? They speak different languages. Um, they measure different KPIs. They don't see things the same way. Um, and if so, how have you resolved them? 
So I was nodding my head there. Yeah, um, yeah. Until you, you continue asking the question. Actually, I feel like the transition's been harder for me in understanding the two different types of culture that um, each team had. Um, so the KPIs are very similar. Uh, the LTV, which is obviously a trigger for each side. Um, retention, because we are primarily ad-based, even though we're not hyper-casual games. So I don't feel like the KPIs were different so much as the culture of each side was a little bit different. One's a little bit more guarded. One's a little bit more open. Um, one had more of a like action, like do it right, right now. I have to hurry, hurry, go, go, go. <laughs> uh-huh. Or, you know, we're going to be crushed. And the other team was sort of like, yeah, we'll get there. It'll which, be fine. Which, which one was which? I don't know if I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. What if they listen and then they'll know? <laughs> um, no, actually, my the marketing side of the house was much more... I think they felt pressure, like constantly under the gun, whereas monetization is a little bit more like, it takes time, we'll get there, it'll be okay, like do it'll you, you work out in the end. Do you think monetization sits a bit closer to product in that sense? No, in our instance, marketing's much closer mm. to product. Much, much closer to product for us. Brian, I yeah. see lots of nodding. Yeah. Um, no, I think for us, I'm kind of thinking through this as you ask it, but I think for us, one of the biggest changes for the monetization team was previous to it being under me, it was really about hitting ad revenue goals and that's all they cared about, right? Not that that's bad, but their incentives were P&L ad revenue based. And now I've really, I've really steered the team and I think this has been more beneficial in working with the studios to overall ad- additive to LTV, mm-hmm. right? Because we are predominantly IEP. We are lower on the ad revenue side, so we can't be about only maximizing ad revenue. Um, We need to be very deliberate with how we test new placements and how we affect our economy, right? And all of our tests are becoming, are we additive to the LTV, which then we care about for UA and which the studio cares about. So I think what's really changed is the way we approach our communication with the studios, in that we're a much more holistic view right now with UA in mind of LTV and the ad revenue is taken on that dialogue, right? And so I think our relationships with the studios have gotten a lot better and because of it, we've actually increased ad revenue a lot. But it's not—it's because we're not just driving revenue, revenue, revenue. It's like we're, we're trying to do what's best for the game. Um, and so I by think shifting the goalpost, in, or not the goalpost, by shifting the kind of the metric focus, in fact, you ended up having exactly the kind of benefit that they were after in the first place. Yeah. And then um, because the UA team is more aligned with the ads team now, and there's like a bunch of synergy happening at a, at a number of levels, but um, we've been able to show a bunch of wins on the ad revenue side, which have then translated into increased UA budget. Of and course. so... What studios care about most is growing the game, more so than even ad revenue, even though they're both related. I think now it's easier for the studios to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, having both teams talking about LTV and talking about how those gains can help UA's budget has really helped us get into more placements, into more studios, where before they were kind of like, mm-hmm. all you care about is your P&L, mm-hmm. back off. Yeah, Stay away from me. Yeah. Um, do you think, last question on this topic, do you think we are heading or on a trajectory uh, to a place where it will be just one team from the start, completely merged, no sort of... And, and what does that mean for product teams? Oh, I see lots of thinking faces. You mean marketing, product team together? I, I mean marketing and monetization together, oh. completely unified. 
So not just under one head, but sort of guys recruited to the same one team. Um, and if that happens, what will that mean for the product side, if anything? Mm. I think really it depends on the, the game genre. Uh, the, um, because I think it's less important for AIP uh, games uh, or studios, more important for AI-based studios. Uh, so there is a trend definitely. Uh, one thing that is very important, but I think it's whatever the, the solutions, is to be very close to the production, to the studio, to all the publishing for us, for example. Uh, we, um, in all the discussion with uh, external developers at Ketchup, we have the UA guys, uh, UA monetization specialists, talking directly with also on making some reports or feedbacks on the campaigns because also we need transparency towards these developers, external developers, but also towards the internal developers. So yes, definitely we we need to go further in uh, in terms of interaction between the um, all the, um, the all the different team. yeah exactly. Uh, so for Quali, I think we already are there. We've we've got a unified team. It's um, it's happening, and the team are happy about that. I think the only question mark for us is when are all of the ad networks going to follow suit? You know, the major ones are, but some of them still don't. So, you know, we've got our UA and monetization exec dealing with two different people at the ad networks, and that's a bit inefficient. Inefficient. For us. Yeah, I think um, I think they might be under the same team, but not. You know, depending not on the, the size people. of the business, yeah, not the same people because if you're operating tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars to even larger ad businesses, you don't want people splitting their time between that and UA, right? So, and on the same, on the flip side, you're spending tens and tens and tens of hundreds of millions of dollars on UA. Like, you know, you need dedicated people, but I think they'd be on the same team talking a bunch, yeah. I think ideally at the end, uh, product feels more supported. Right, regardless of your structure of the team, that's what we're all here for is support services, you know, to grow the games ultimately. So it doesn't really matter, I think, ultimately what your structure is as long as the product team can tell that you're chasing the number that benefits them, right? And not some artificial goal that someone else has set up for you. Another point about these uh, trends also, I was talking about the networks, but the also the solutions that, the features that, the ad networks or the mediation are, are developing, are helping us to go to this way. I mean, for example, looking at the own source mediation on the dashboard you have, you have the monetization on the UA uh, altogether, and you have some features that are both, in fact, such as uh, the, optim uh, the optimizer, which is a kind of uh, monetization and UA together. So this kind of trend also is pushed by networks, but also by the all the tools that you give to the, to, to it's the networks. It's tech-led as well as team structure. Exactly. And it facilitates this kind of trend because uh, the more features you develop for us, the easiest to, uh, for the specialists it is to understand the market and their jobs and the, the, the daily operations. They go faster, more automation also. So everything that make more automations go to this trend to have uh, the same people uh, working on UA and monetization. Last question, not related to monetization and marketing. What has been your favorite session at GameFest so far? Chandra, you first. Oh no, I love so many. Um, you can I'm have... No, you have yeah, to choose how that. No, I can't have multiple. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to do multiple anyway. 
I think Orr, for his first time out, did amazing, right? Um, rewarded video. There was like a strong takeaway, immediate action on my end. But I think Omer, every year when he breaks down um, hyper casual, when you're sitting outside of it and you're like, what the hell is happening right now? He just does an amazing job of, of bringing clarity to a situation that most of us are going like, what? It's opaque. Yeah. Right. So amazing job, really. All the speakers. Cool. That was a really good one. I love the hyper casual stuff. Um, but I'll go with a different one since you already said that. <laughs> I think uh, I, I always love Misha, Mishka's kind of state of the union, mm-hmm. right? Like what's happening in industry, which uh, is a great bird's eye view and the way he breaks it down by market, market segment. It's really, I love that. N- not many are left to you now. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, definitely the the closing session with Dan Greenberg was was really fascinating. Just to the way he analysed the trends in the creative um, space and some of the things that have worked and some of the things that haven't worked in the last year, it was really eye opening and uh, you know, got me really thinking about some some ideas to take back with me. Good to hear, Fabian. I loved all the presentation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, one that uh, wasn't mentioned uh, until now was uh, the Joe presentation about uh, um the zero, zero to one. Zero to one mm. was very interesting, and uh, um, what is clever is the word he put on concept that everyone understand. It's very easy to understand. It's and it's kind of uh, I would s- wouldn't say mind blowing because most of the things he said we we understand it, but he put the right word at the right place, and uh, I like that. That's, it's always fun when that happens. Uh, all right, guys, thank you very much for participating. You are now all released to go back and continue drinking and having fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.